0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our trade deadline special. Um, I'll be honest. Originally, I had planned this to be uh, live as this was happening. I was going to start the show just before the trade deadline ended, wrap up any deals that uh, had already taken place, and then uh, you know continue to report deals as they happened in that last hour. Um, wasn't able to do it quite that way simply just due to personal scheduling conflicts. But, um, we're going to just do more of a, a wrap up and go through everything that happened. Um, this way I've had a little bit of time to kind of see these deals, maybe start to give you some thoughts on my own as well. Um, but I will say one of the most frenetic, hectic trade deadlines, at least in the last few seasons, um, there was some some pretty big moves, one extra big move. And then a lot of, um, you know, those kind of mid-range moves where key players on on a lot of teams moved places. A um, ton of picks moved places as well. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Um, I had also planned to do our game summaries from last night's action. But I think what's best is we'll push those to tomorrow's show. So on Friday's show, we'll go through both Wednesday and Thursday night's action. So then on this show, we can just focus on what everyone's talking about right now, as far as the trade deadline and what happened for all these teams. So with, uh, you know, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. The big one, and this happened, this broke, uh, probably about half hour after Justin and I finished recording Wednesday's podcast, um, suppose it's fitting that we're talking about it today on our trade deadline special. But um, Durant has been dealt from the Brooklyn Nets, you know, just a week removed from a team that was slumping, but had Irving and Durant had at one point been the second best team in the East, had, you know, a pretty uh, hopeful outlook. Those two key players are now gone. The Nets have acquired some draft capital, kind of stocking back up, and they've brought in a bunch of solid players who will, you know, either go other places, they'll stay there, they'll, you know, finish out the rest of the season. A couple of these guys will have, uh, at least one guy, will have a further update a little bit later in this uh, wrap-up, but we'll get to that. So here's the specifics of the trade. The Brooklyn Nets send Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. So two of their better forwards, two of their better players in general, to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for uh, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four future first-round picks uh, this upcoming draft, 2023, as well as 25, 27, and 29. Uh, They also get a 2028 pick swap. So a ton of draft picks uh, being sent away from Phoenix. Brooklyn getting some draft capital stocked up and they get three very solid forwards. One of whom uh, has not played yet this season, just due to whatever conflict with the Suns themselves, uh, that being Jay Crowder, uh, Cameron Johnson, just back from injury. He's been productive uh, in his games that he's been back. Mikhail Bridges is kind of taken a step up in absence of Devin Booker a lot of the time. So the, the nets get some solid forwards, They'll still be an okay-ish team. They'll certainly not be the outlook that you would have with either Durant or Irving, uh, not to mention both of them combined. But they get a lot of guys back with some potential. Um, for Phoenix, of course, that's a big piece in this. They add Durant to a core uh, of Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Uh, tremendous, you know, kind of front court group. You still have DeAndre Ayton. Uh, and this is a move that says we're, looking to contend for a championship and hopefully win a championship this year, maybe next year. They want to make this happen very soon. And it's a very uh, splashy move, especially for the new ownership group uh, that just took over control of the franchise officially. Uh, so it's certainly the big move to note. And we'll be talking about that one for the next couple of weeks as well as we see Durant's eventual debut with Suns. Uh, as well as C.J. Warren back with the Suns. He was with the Suns uh, probably seven or eight years ago at this point. Um, and we see Bridges, Johnson, Crowder uh, with their new team. Uh, not all of them playing for the Nets. Again, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, again, that was the biggest move. We also talked about the D'Angelo Russell trade on last night's show. That's maybe the second biggest. And then a lot of these are very close as far as quality starters, as, as well as uh, key rookie talent or key, you know, second third or talent, moving hands. There's a lot of moving parts here and a lot of reunions with teams that are kind of interesting to note And we'll start with this one. A three-team trade between the Clippers, the Rockets, and uh, the, excuse me, the Grizzlies. And the biggest part, the Clippers are receiving Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon is going back to where his career started in Los Angeles with the Clippers. Kind of an interesting note, you know, he's had a long career. People probably forget that he played for the Clippers, uh, you know, first in his career. Um, the Clippers also received three second round picks in the deal. So they strengthen their draft position a little bit. Uh, the Rockets receive John Wall. That's another reunion, probably not a, a stellar reunion for either team. Uh, I imagine he'll be a buyout or a, uh, I can't remember the exact specifics of his contract. He just signed this last offseason, but uh, Houston probably doesn't want to hold on to John Wall for whatever you know reason. I'm sure they have reasons. Um, they also received Danny Green and a Bucks clippers pick swap, the right to swap picks, uh, the pick that would have been the Clippers pick with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, no specifications on what year and what round that would be. Uh, and then the Grizzlies, as part of their end of the deal, they receive Luke Kennard as a uh, a shooting piece coming off their bench, uh, most likely. Uh, I, I think it's a, a fairly well-rounded trade as far as, you know, Clippers getting a veteran presence and trying to bolster their guard depth. You know, John Wall had some moments he didn't play. He played maybe, what, 15, 20 games for the Clippers, Uh, He was one of their splashy offseason moves, and now he's suddenly on his way to another team uh, while he's still recovering from injury. Uh, Kind of odd. I feel like they would have maybe held on to him, given a little bit more chance to truly come back. Maybe they feel like the writing's on the wall. Hard to say for sure, but they get Eric Gordon, who's been solid. He's been dependable. Uh, He's waning a little bit as his career is kind of winding down, but he can still knock down some threes. Again, he provides a veteran presence. They also... Again, they they add some draft picks, Um, and you know they give up Luke Kennard, which I think is is a tough one to lose. I feel like he's been solid and underrated, but Eric Gordon uh, fills that role fairly well. And again, the veteran presence there for Memphis. You add Kennard. Uh, with that, you give up Green, who really hasn't played much at all this season, just due to him recovering from injury himself. So you add Kennard, a, a shooting piece. You know they have some shooters, but they add a little bit more shooting depth. I think that's a great move for Memphis as well. Uh, and for Houston, uh, I imagine you know you're clearing Eric Gordon's. Maybe he has a little bit of a bigger contract. Again, you're you're getting. Uh, I imagine some of these guys will. You know John Wall and Danny Green. I don't think they'll be with the team ultra long-term kind of clearing that cap space a bit, maybe looking to future moves. So that's that trade. Let's next talk, uh, the Jay Crowder trade. So Jay Crowder, uh, not long after he went to Brooklyn, he is now going to another team. This is a three-team trade, uh, between the Milwaukee Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets and the Indiana Pacers. Uh, so the Bucks will receive Jay Crowder and that I will, I will say is this, you know, landing spot. He's going to be going to a, uh, Strong Eastern Conference team looking for additional help uh, at forward. Uh, they've been thin at times with Giannis and Bobby Portis out with injuries at various moments. So Jake Crowder helps that out. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets receive five second round picks uh, for their end of the steal. Indiana receives uh, forward Jordan Nora from the Bucks and two second round picks as well. I'm not sure where these seven total second round picks are coming from exactly. I imagine a lot from Brooklyn. Some potentially from Milwaukee, but um, for Indiana, they're, you know, adding a player, but adding some draft capital, um, not, not too crazy for them. Brooklyn, again, further stockpiling that as those picks as they look to kind of be a team building rather than contending. Um, and then again, Milwaukee gets that great veteran forward. I like to trade all around. Seems like a good move for, for all parties as far as, you know, their motives and what it brings to their team. And I like Jay Crowder. I'd like to see him do well with Milwaukee. Uh, next, another three team trade. This one's kind of surprising. I'm not sure I understand it on a lot of parts. Uh, we'll break it down for you. Firstly, the Atlanta Hawks are receiving Sadiq Bay. The Detroit Pistons receive James Wiseman, and the Golden State Warriors receive Kevin Knox and five second-round picks. Kind of a wild one. Um, and, again, I don't know if I understand – I understand the Atlanta side of this. If you can get Sadiq Bay, bolster your bench strength, that's a great move for them. I think Atlanta's done a great job here. Uh, for Detroit to give up Sadiq Bay, I guess I understand it if you have the potential of James Wiseman. Um, I'm partial to Jalen Duren. I've mentioned it in the past. Their rookie center, I feel like he's – the the strong potential for them at in the the future at that center spot you add James Wiseman who's shown flashes himself so I guess maybe you have kind of like well, we'll bring in both guys we'll see who's you know has a stronger Next season or next couple of seasons, then that'll decide our our kind of locking in, finding to fine tuning that position. So I guess I understand that. So then the real question is for Golden State, you're giving up a younger prospect. You get a bunch of future second round picks, which I guess sort of makes up for it. Uh, You get Kevin Knox, I'm guessing, you know, just taking on the contract as part of getting those picks. But I'm not sure how this really helps them. This trade in particular, Uh, I think they did make one or two other moves that maybe helped them a little bit more. Um, Kind of an interesting one. He did miss a lot of time this season with injury, uh, did James Wiseman. So maybe that's part of it. They don't feel like they're losing much this season and they're just adding uh, assets and a player. So I guess I get it. it, But for Detroit, you give up Sadiq Bey, who was one of your better players, maybe one of your top three players on the team at the moment. Uh, A great shooter, and especially in a league that's so predicated on shooting, I don't really understand the move. I guess maybe we'll see going forward if this pays out with James Wiseman, or if they flip him for something else in the future. Who knows what comes of this? Uh, But that's that trade. Uh, We have another Lakers trade. Uh, Lakers made a couple other moves in addition to their D'Angelo Russell, uh, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, bringing those guys in, shipping out Russell Westbrook. the Orlando Magic are sending Mo Bamba to the Lakers in exchange for Patrick Beverly, um, as well as a second-round pick and cash considerations. Uh, so the Lakers, I think it's a good move for the Lakers. You know, Patrick Beverly is but a, a okay starter. We know that he's productive, but he has that kind of, you know, edge to his play, that little bit of uh, chippiness bordering on, uh, on dirty play at times. Um, you give him up to Orlando, Orlando, Gets that kind of veteran presence, I suppose, if they keep him. Maybe it's a contract buyout. I don't know the exact specifics at their end of this. Um, They give up Mobamba. I suppose I understand it. You know, they have Wendell Carter Jr., who's been an above-average center. I like his fit in Orlando. Um, And they've got, you know, strong forward depth at this point. That's been their kind of key. You know, they have, as I mentioned, Carter, but, of course, pa- uh, Palo Bencaro. The rookie, he's a, a tall, strong power forward. He could probably play center uh, at a lot of times. You have Mo Wagner as well. You have Franz Wagner. You have Jonathan Isaac back from injury, so they probably felt like their front, their yeah, the front court was a little bit uh, congested. So they uh, ship out Mo Bamba to a place in the Lakers who needed a, a center in relief of uh, Thomas Bryant. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So they bring in Mo Bamba to help their their front court position. Uh, pretty good move for both sides, I think. Uh, next, the this is another reunion category trade. The San Antonio Spurs are sending Jakob Pertl to Toronto in exchange for Ken Birch, uh, a protected 2024 first-round pick and two future second-round picks. Uh, for the, the Raptors, they were needing a strong center, and they get Jakob Pertl. He originally was drafted the team. He played a couple years there before he was part of the Kawhi Leonard trade. They bring him back. He helps out their center position. Now you imagine he starts. You have Siakam at the four. Uh, either on uh, an or Scotty Barnes at that three spot. So those players fitting kind of more their natural positions. Um, and uh, if for San Antonio, they get some draft capital in exchange, they get Birch who's a younger, not as a uh, strong center. It's still an okay-ish center, but again, the Spurs accepting their position right now as a, a, a solid rebuilding team. They need that, those draft picks they need to, you know, really build through the draft and start to to build this thing back up uh as one of the the teams with the lower records in the NBA. Good move all around again. Um we mentioned Thomas Bryant a couple uh trades ago because he was traded away from the Lakers. This is another move in the category of I don't I don't understand why they made this move. And they trade Thomas Bryant to the Denver Nuggets in exchange for Devon Reed and three second round picks in years of 2025, 2026, and 2029. Um, you know, Lakers get back some picks, which they are short on, especially first round picks. But they get some second round picks. So I suppose that helps them. Uh, Davon Reed, I don't imagine he's going to be a huge difference maker. Uh, he's been, you know, kind of uh, a 13th, 14th man off the bench uh, this season in particular with Denver. Uh, so Lakers essentially give up Thomas Bryant for the picks. I guess if they had that move in the back of their pocket of getting Mobamba, they feel like that's a you know a, a decent exchange to you know further help their draft position I liked what Thomas Bryant brought to the Lakers and I feel like it's a uh, it's kind of a shame that he's now going to be in a reserve role I uh, would have liked to see him Get a further chance with the Lakers, especially now they've retooled, added some some stronger shooting and some uh, you know further help in that category. Would have liked to see what that Lakers team could do with Thomas Bryant, but I suppose it's business. The Lakers felt like they needed Bomba instead of Bryant, and so they make that move. Um, so from that perspective, I guess you know you give up Bryant, you get Bomba, who's maybe just a, a notch down or you know a notch or two down, and you get some draft picks. Uh, maybe an okay move all around. Next, uh Portland is sending Gary Payton the second to Golden State. He's going back to Golden State just you know less than a season after he left in free agency uh, in exchange for five second round picks. So we're sending five second round picks to Portland Trailblazers. Again, there's a lot of these trades that had multiples of second round picks, you know, thrown around. Uh, not really in in a volume that I'm used to seeing. Maybe something has just kind of changed as far as trade uh, strategy, draft strategy in the last season or two that I haven't really been aware of. But I guess we'll, you know, kind of uh, figure out the specifics on that at a later date. But yeah, five second round picks, the Warriors to get Gary Payton the second back to their team. Maybe they felt like he was part of a... a a puzzle that they're still trying to solve as far as what their team is this season um trying to be competitive in that that Western conference um you could move he had just barely come back from injury for Portland so uh, I like Gary Payton the second as a player I like Gary Payton the first especially as a player but you know his, Gary Payton the second brought a lot of unique traits uh in the NBA Uh, I was so happy when he broke out last year, and I think it's a good move for for the Warriors to pick pick him back up and see what he can bring to that team. Still trying to find itself a little bit. Um, Next, Denver trades uh, Bones Highland to the Clippers in exchange for two second-round picks in 2024 and 2025. This is a move that a lot of people kind of predicted. Highland had fallen out of the Nuggets rotation, especially as a team that, had you know, They're more predicated on established players, and they're really making a push for contention this season. Uh, Highland has shown a lot of potential in the last couple of seasons, but they felt like he wasn't uh, the future necessarily, uh, you know, as far as that bench position, or that he would probably get, you know, a lot less time. I think he was frustrated in his role. So they move him to the Clippers who are looking for that kind of bench help at that guard spot, especially now they're giving up John Wall. They needed that point guard play. And he's a young talent for the Clippers. I think it's a, a good move on both sides. The Denver Nuggets get some second-round picks in exchange. Uh, excuse my alarm there. Um, they get some second-round picks in exchange, so that sweetens the deal for them. Giving up a player with potential, to get you know some draft capital. So it helps out their position. Pretty decent move all around. Uh, next, Charlotte is sending Mason Plumlee to the Clippers in exchange for Reggie Jackson and a 2028 second-round pick. Um, kind of a, a a neutral move for me. I mean, Clippers maybe needed a little bit of center help off the bench. Uh, not a bad move. Mason Pulmy is a very unique player. I feel like he could bring some things to the Clippers. You give up Reggie Jackson, who was a productive player for them. He had kind of, you know, had a career renaissance of sorts. Kind of feel bad for him, but, you know, he has a chance to go to Charlotte and now be a, a veteran president, so maybe help uh, further uh, aid the development of, you know, Lamella Ball and and be a productive uh player in support of those guys off the bench, you know, along with Terry Rozier and, and things like that. So, you know, and with Charlotte, they have a couple of uh, center prospects, especially Mark Williams, who I really like out of Duke, you know, they've got uh, some potential future center guys and maybe Williams gets some more minutes, gets some chance to further develop uh, as a big body inside. You know, I think it's, it's a pretty good move uh, when you consider it that way. Uh, we have another three-team trade. There's actually, I'm surprised at how many three-team trades there were. Uh, Portland is receiving Matisse Steibel. The Sixers receive Jalen McDaniels, and the Hornets receive uh, Svi Mikhailuk, uh and multiple second-round picks. Pretty interesting one for Portland. I like. I really like Matisse Seibel. Hey, I didn't understand why he wasn't getting a ton of time in uh, in Philadelphia, so he now has a chance to go to Portland help strengthen their bench group, help, you know, their defensive identity. I think it's a good move for Portland to bring a guy like that in. Um, and they just reroute yuk maybe some of these picks uh after that trade for Cam Reddish. So not too much of a loss as far as a player category, because they didn't really have him as a player anyways. Um and then Charlotte gives up Jalen McDaniels, kind of a head scratcher there as well for Charlotte. He was a a, a talented young forward you know versatile good size Uh, kind of odd that you give them up to philadelphia philadelphia now adds that forward depth to uh, a team again that's looking to contend charlotte i guess you know you further strengthen your draft position you realize that you're not a super great team this year and you're going to be looking to to add to those younger players in the future so i guess you know decent trade still uh we have just a few more to announce again it was a pretty hectic trade deadline a bunch of moves happened uh, in this one, the Thunder send Darius Baisley to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Dario Saric and a second-round pick. Um, for Phoenix, they get a little bit younger off their bench. Not a bad move. Baisley's a high-energy guy, you know, rebounder, uh, and has maybe played a little more effectively than season, this season than Dario Saric. Of course, Saric was still kind of coming back from injury. Um, for the Thunder, you know, Baisley, I felt, had been kind of – Lost in the mix of some of their younger talent. I mean, they're all young, but relatively younger talent. And so they bring in a veteran presence. Uh, after they lose Muscala, they get a guy who's maybe a notch above and Saric, uh, who's been really effective when he's had, when he's been healthy and he's had a solid role. And they also get some draft capital. Uh, pretty good move on both sides. You know, the Thunder. I think this helps them as they're trying to move from totally rebuilding to. A team that's got some established young talent and they're looking to move, you know, slide into more of a playoff type spot. And they're taking those next steps as a team. So on both sides, I think it's a good, solid move. Uh, Another uh, trade was the Atlanta Hawks sending uh, Justin Holliday and Frank Kaminsky to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Garrison Matthews, Bruno Fernando, and two second round picks. I think this move also clears up a little bit of money for Atlanta. That was kind of Woj's takeaway uh, on his post for this move. Um, All around, Matthews is a piece that I've liked for Houston as far as a shooter. Fernando goes back to Atlanta. I believe that was the team that drafted him. So that's kind of an interesting uh, note. Uh, The Hawks give up a touch of their depth. You know, Holiday and Kaminsky, they get just a touch worse. Uh, you, You know, Matthews and Fernando not as good collectively as Holiday and Kaminsky, I would say. Um, but again, they get, they get some draft picks, uh, which will help them out a little bit. And, uh, and Houston strengthens their team just a touch a team that's, you know, maybe one of the lower performing teams in the NBA uh, strengthens the team a little bit this season, um, maybe looking to uh, improve themselves a little bit. Uh, you know, okay. Move uh, for, for both sides, I suppose. Um, Interesting one for New Orleans, they send Devontae Graham and four second round picks to the Spurs in exchange for Josh Richardson. You know, Graham had been a piece they brought in a couple seasons ago as the hope that he would be the starting point guard. He had had some some great moments in Charlotte and he's been, um, you know, not quite as good as they had expected. He hasn't been bad, but he's just been a little bit underperforming their their hopes for him. So they give him up to get a a veteran in Josh Richardson, not a bad move, but they give him up a ton of draft picks that part. I don't quite understand, but again, you know, trying to fill, fill needs uh, spurs, bringing in a younger talent and some draft picks again, that further helps their rebuilding position and the Pelicans get a guy who in their mind is going to, again, a veteran presence, who's going to help them coming off the bench Um, suppose a decent move in that, in that uh, aspect the Thunder sending uh Mike Muscala to the Celtics in exchange for Jer- uh, Justin Jackson and two second round picks. Um so yeah, Boston strengthens uh strengthens their front court just a touch. You know, Scala's had uh, an okayish season with the Thunder. Justin Jackson wasn't a huge part of the rotation, gave him up to OKC. Um and they, you know, OKC gets some further uh, draft picks, so that's good for them. And then our last trade to report, I believe, I'll double check that to make sure, but um The Milwaukee Bucks send George Hill to the Indiana Pacers in exchange for a second-round pick. Kind of clears up that rotation as they had added, um, you know, a little bit of help for their their forwards and their guards. Felt like they didn't necessarily have a spot for George Hill in the rotation at that point. Um, So they sent him to Indiana back to his – the biggest part of his career. You know, interestingly enough, the NBA reported – Oh, he's back to his first team, which is not true, actually. His first team was San Antonio. He played a season or two there before being traded as part of the draft day or uh, trade surrounding the draft that brought Kawhi Leonard to San Antonio. Because remember, Kawhi Leonard was originally an Indiana Spurs draft pick. Uh, It was, you know, Hill was part of that trade to bring in Kawhi to San Antonio. So George Hill originally a Spur, but he is probably most well-remembered as a Indiana Pacer. So I like that move, you know, kind of a feel-good move. Uh, adds a little bit of veteran help to that spur that Pacers team rather who's um, been competitive they've slipped with when they had the Halliburton injury Um, you know kind of akin to the 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 Lance Stevenson 10-day you know you bring him back bring back a veteran from those you know those mid-2010s teams that were so exciting and you know not quite that same feeling cuz this is a, a better team than some of those teams were but you, you bring in George Hill he can help out that, that team uh you know Milwaukee gets a, a second round pick not not too bad of a move again just clears up kind of the rotation in Milwaukee um and then going all the way back to um one of these trades it was the oh, which trade exactly was it it was the um it was it was a trade that Indiana was involved in. I gotta make sure here. Um. Anyways, I'll I'll just go ahead and report this regardless. One of these trades that Indiana was a part of. uh they they brought in a, an extra piece, and they they had too many guys on the roster, so as part of that, they're gonna wave center Goga Batade. Um, he had been kind of an on again off again guy for them, so. Uh, I guess there's a an okay-ish piece in your your free agency pool but that's really you know the next step of this of course the trade deadline is passed it's locked in no more trades are going to happen this season but now the next turn comes in this next week or two to the buyout market you have guys who are part of trades and their contracts will get bought out by different teams as part of you know their what their team is focused on and that will mean some guys going to the free agency pool for uh, these contending teams to to use as a piece, and uh, the most notable again, we talked about it last time. Russell Westbrook is likely be going to be a contract buyout. He's currently on the Utah Jazz uh, roster um, as a guy who hasn't been a huge fan of Westbrook as a player myself. I would rather see his contract get up get bought out. Plus, for their timeline, it doesn't make a ton of sense to have a, a big contract and a uh, a veteran point guard on a team that's looking to go young and to, to continue building. So Westbrook's a name to watch out for of these other trades names that I think are going to be potential buyouts. Uh, we talked about John wall could maybe be in that mix, maybe Danny green as well. Cause again, Houston's not going to necessarily need or want that veteran play. At that point, or, you know, maybe they do. So that's kind of 50-50 there. But I think it's possible that John Wall and Danny Green are both buyouts for them. Uh, looking at other moves, there's maybe not a ton of other uh, guys from this immediate draft pool. You know, you could maybe throw a Patrick Beverly in there as far as what Orlando needs. Maybe they don't necessarily feel like they need Patrick Beverly in their rotation. Maybe they want him. Again, kind of a 50-50 spot there. Um Otherwise, those are probably the, the key names to watch as far as contract buyouts and, uh, you know, names that would make a difference for a team that needs their services on, on a free agency pool. Um, like I said, let's also double check our sources here, make sure we didn't miss anything as far as the trade deadline. Um, yep, there's uh, the Gordon deal, Mobamba, double checking right now through uh, just the, the ESPN website. Got most of my news from you know Woj's Twitter, uh the NBA website. Um so hopefully we're not having anything slip through the cracks here, but I think we got just about everything. Yeah, most all most all these moves we have reported on. Um let's double check the NBA's transactions page, see how any of these moves are technically official at this moment. Um okay, yeah, the, the Russell trade is now locked in, it's official. Um, the Jay Crowder trade is already official, The um, as well as the Kevin Durant trade. Um, those Pacers moves are locked in. It looks like actually most moves are pretty much official on the uh, NBA's transaction page. Um, oh, here's a couple of things uh, I did not note, and these are some guys that kind of could be in that free agency pool. It looks like the Timberwolves are going to wave guard Bryn Forbes, and the Spurs will wave center Dwayne Dedman. If you remember, Dedman was a, a a trade guy from just a few days ago. He'd been kind of an interesting uh, enigma for the Heat. The Spurs brought him back, but he's now been waived. So Bryn Forbes and Dwayne Dedman, we can add them to that potential free agency pool uh, as far as what teams are going to look for after this uh, trade deadline now that it's solidified. Other than that, um, it looks like we've gotten just about everything as far as uh, the trade deadline, all the moves that have been in place. We'll do one last check uh, for Woj, as well as Shams It um, Looks like we have another contract buyout, potentially. Uh, ESPN sources, the Wizards are working on a contract buyout for veteran Will Barton, which will allow him to become a free agent. Uh, he's been a limited role with Washington, uh, but last season he had a productive role for the Nuggets. He's been, he was a guy that played a lot of seasons and was starting a lot for the Nuggets, uh, especially after they had injuries to Michael Porter Jr., so Barton could be a very you know productive guy for a team again probably likely a, a contending team, um so that is um going to be the move there probably the surprise of the the draft uh trade deadline excuse me trade deadline not draft is that uh, O.G. Ananobi a name that was mentioned a bunch maybe one of the most talked about names as far as a trade piece uh, he is still with uh Toronto so that will you know, help them out defensively. He's still a productive player. It was the idea that the Raptors are just, you know, a team that would look to be sellers. That was, I think the quote from either Wosh or Wosh had retweeted um, that it turns out the Raptors are not sellers. They're buyers. They brought in Yaka Pirtle. And so uh, it'll be interesting to watch what Toronto does uh, over the next years. Um, the next uh, couple seasons. Looking at uh, what Shams has, oh, okay, so the Hornets with Reggie Jackson, it looks like he's a contract buyout as well. That's another good name. Uh, And, again, he'll kind of what he was with the Clippers a couple seasons ago, he'll be a guy now in the free agency pool for some other team to look to strengthen their depth. Um, We have a small transaction. uh, Wizards are signing Quentin Jackson to a two-way contract, probably just filling some voids from some of their trades that happened. Um, and this is one I missed. Uh, Serge Ibaka was part of, uh, that Milwaukee trade, uh, whatever the trade that was exactly. Again, I'm struggling to remember all of these trades. Again, there was a ton of moves here. Uh, I think it was a Crowder three team trade. Uh, yes. Okay. So along with George Hill, I see. Okay. So the George Hill trade was not a separate trade from the, uh, the Bridges, Cam Johnson uh, move, and Jay Crowder, that's actually all kind of lumped in together. Uh, oh, it's a four-team trade. Oh, wow. Okay. So that, so we had a couple separate trades announced. That was actually a four-team trade. So let's re-clarify this. The Durant trade, the Suns receive Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. The Nets receive a bunch. Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson. Juan Pablo Valle. I'm imagining that's draft rights. I don't think he's played in the NBA, um, and a, a smattering of picks. The Phoenix Suns, 23 first round, 25 first round, 27 first round, uh, 20, 29 first round, as well as that first round pick swap from 28 from Phoenix. Okay, we had we had all that. The Nets also receive those two second round picks from Milwaukee in 28 and 29. So the Nets have a ton of draft picks now, uh. The Bucks get Jay Crowder as their end of this. The Pacers get George Hill, Jordan Nwora. We mentioned those. But now they also get Serge Ibaka. That was a name I missed as well. They get three future second-round picks from Milwaukee and cash considerations from Brooklyn. So there you go. It was a four-team trade. The biggest trade of the day was actually even bigger. And I think that's a great place to wrap this up now that we have the full picture on the trade deadline we've reported all the news um it'll be exciting to see what all these players do with their new teams as we get to again there's some talk the next week or two about the free agency pool contract buyouts for guys that can continue to move places and add to more likely contending teams but now we shift from trade deadline you know we'll have the all-star weekend uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend after All Star Weekend, we're going to be locked into what does the playoff picture look like? Who are the real championship quality teams? Who, which teams are still trying to figure it out? What will happen in the playoffs? We're shifting into a really exciting moment of or, or part of the NBA calendar, um, as well as the debuts for these players with new teams. So I'm I'm really excited about it. It was a very uh, a hectic but enjoyable trade deadline to to, to wrap up and pay attention to. Um, but with that, we certainly, you know, hopefully summarize this well enough. We've talked through these deals. As some of these, you know, moves play out, if it's a, a solid move on both sides, we probably won't have too much to say because both teams will just be playing well. We're talking more about the teams. If there's some trades that worked out ultra well, exceeded expectations, we'll probably talk more about them in the future. If there's trades that kind of, fell flat, didn't work out for those teams. We'll, of course, talk about those as well. Um, these, you know, this is not just the one day and then it's over. These are evolving storylines as these players actually suit up for these new teams, uh, and I'm very excited to watch it. And, again, I liked the kind of surprise touch of a lot of reunion players going to teams that they, uh, you know, played with in the past. Kind of a fun note uh, to to add into a very, you know, a little bit of a spice thrown into the Uh, normal trade deadline talk. Uh, But with that, we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up here. Uh, I want to thank again, everyone for listening uh, and being part of the show. if you want to stay up to date on the show itself, follow us on Instagram crossover across time. That's all one word. Uh, We post content from the show, of course, but we also like and share content from all across the NBA. It's kind of your one-stop shop to keep in touch with what's going on in the NBA. In addition to the show itself, that's probably where you'll get the most in-depth talk, Um, and you know, we certainly love having you listen to the show, uh, with that. Thanks again. We'll be back tomorrow with our normal, uh, weekend wrap up show. Again, we'll do the games from last night and, uh, tonight as well as your weekend preview type stuff. We'll also have a bonus episode, uh, later tomorrow night where we do our franchise focus, uh, focusing on the Miami heat. Uh, so thanks again for listening and we'll be back with you tomorrow.